No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see that the same things happen to everyone, but the righteous are in God's hand, and wisdom is better than strength. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Ecclesiastes chapter 9 on Simply the Bible. One of the best activities I've ever done was to go to an assisted living home and converse with residents who are nearing the end of life. They have stories and insights about life that are golden. But sometimes they say things that, well, what can I say? They're a bit off. Maybe they are bitter or maybe they have a godless outlook on life. So you must use discernment in what you take to heart. Now, as we have gone through Ecclesiastes, we've been listening to an elderly king give his insights about life. Solomon was given much wisdom by God, but the problem was that in his latter days, he didn't live by that wisdom. Although God commanded that kings were not to multiply horses or wives or gold, Solomon multiplied all three. A number of his thousand wives were foreigners and led Solomon away from the Lord so that he even worshipped their false gods. Now we believe that Solomon wrote Ecclesiastes later in life, and his assessment that everything is vanity of vanities is based upon a worldly rather than an eternal perspective. Because Solomon was in a backslidden state, his focus was on the seen things that are temporary rather than on the unseen things that are eternal. Therefore, we must use discernment in what he writes in this book. Comparing Scripture with Scripture, Solomon may describe the vanity of life under the sun, but not the fullness of life that comes from abiding in the Son of God. As it says in 1 John 5.11, And this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life, And this life is in his son. He who has the son has life. He who does not have the son of God does not have life. So apart from the son of God, yes, it's vanity of vanities under the sun. But with the son of God in your life, if Christ is the center of your life, then there is fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore. So with that introduction... Ecclesiastes chapter 9. For I considered all this in my heart, so that I could declare it all, that the righteous and the wise and their works are in the hand of God. People know neither love nor hatred by anything they see before them. So the righteous are in God's hand. Now that's true. Jesus said as much. He said that that we are in his hand and no one can snatch us out of his hand. But then Solomon says that people can know neither love nor hatred by the things that they see before them. And I think that's true also, because if you just look at creation, there's no way you can really know the love of God from just looking at creation. I mean, you can see that there are beautiful flowers and it's a beautiful creation. And certainly, you know, that testifies of God's goodness. 
But there's also a lot of evil that happens in this world. You would not be able to really know the true love of God apart from his word, apart from what Jesus did in coming to this earth and dying for our sins. All things come alike to all. One event happens to the righteous and the wicked, to the good, the clean, and the unclean, to him who sacrifices and him who does not sacrifice. As is the good, so is the sinner. He who takes an oath as he who fears an oath. This is an evil in all that is done under the sun, that one thing happens to all. Truly the hearts of the sons of men are full of evil, Madness is in their hearts while they live, and after that they go to the dead. Now, Solomon is saying, look, what's the difference here, whether you're wise or whether you're wicked? I mean, the same things are going to happen to either one. And the idea here, the inference is, then what good is it to be wise? Again, he's looking at it from the perspective of just this world. Truly, the same things happen to both the righteous and the wicked in this world. Now, being wise and living to please God does not make you immune to the problems of life. But because you know you have trusted in Christ, then you know that you are in God's hand and he is working everything together for good. You have that hope in this life and hope in the life to come. But the wicked who do not trust Christ Those who are trusting themselves rather than trusting the Lord, they don't have that promise. Adverse circumstances can hit them when they least expect it. There is no rhyme or reason. There is nothing that they can do to escape those unfavorable circumstances that can catch them by surprise. And when their hearts are full of evil and adversity strikes, it can lead them to madness or even suicide because they have no hope. But for him who is joined to all the living, there is hope. For a living dog is better than a dead lion. For the living know that they will die. But the dead know nothing, and they have no more reward. For the memory of them is forgotten. Also their love, their hatred, and their envy have now perished. Nevermore will they have a share in anything done under the sun. So as long as you have life, Solomon would say there is hope. And I think he did take an optimistic view of things that, hey, look, you still have hope. You're still sucking wind. There's still things you can do. You can change your circumstances, live life, live it to the fullest, do what you can because you're not going to have any more opportunities once you die. And I think that's the overarching theme here is that make the most of every opportunity while you're still alive. But he says something here that we can't agree with, which is that the dead know nothing. Now, that's not true. Jesus made it clear in his story of Lazarus and the rich man that there is consciousness after death. And there was in Hades. There is now for those who die in Christ, go to be with the Lord. There is consciousness. Um, We see that with Moses and Elijah showing up, you know, uh, on the Mount of Transfiguration. So to say that the dead know nothing is not true. But again, that's the way it looks if you're just looking at it from the worldly perspective. Go eat your bread with joy. 
and drink your wine with a merry heart. For God has already accepted your works. Let your garments always be white and let your head lack no oil. Live joyfully with the wife whom you love all the days of your vain life, which he has given you under the sun, all your days of vanity. For that is your portion in life and in the labor which you perform under the sun. So Solomon comes to this conclusion many times it's cyclical. You know, he will talk about just the vanity of life and how in this case we're all going to die, you know, (laughs) and then he'll come back and say, so what's the point of it all? Well, eat your bread with joy. Enjoy what God has given to you. Now, this is not in the sense of just the way the pagans might you know, eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die. It's not that kind of a thing. It's the thing of enjoying the blessings that God has given, the good blessings, the rightful blessings. He's given you a wife. That's one of the greatest blessings that you can have. And truly what God does is he gives us the capacity to enjoy the simple. God makes wise the simple. If you don't know the Lord, you're trying to get more and more. You're living a covetous life that's really based in greed, and it doesn't ultimately bring you pleasure. But if you recognize what God has given to you, he's given you labor, he's given you a wife, he's given you a family, he's given you a portion, he's given you good work to do where he's gifted you to do it. Those are the blessings of life. So Solomon would say, enjoy those things because you don't have that much time here. You know, there are some people that are always living for tomorrow. They're always just saving up for tomorrow. They're never enjoying life today, and that's not wise. Whatever your hand finds to do, do with your might. For there is no work or device or knowledge or wisdom in the grave where you are going. I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor bread to the wise, nor riches to men of understanding, nor favor to men of skill, but time and chance happen to them all. For man also does not know his time. Like fish taken in a cruel net, like birds caught in a snare, so the sons of men are snared in an evil time when it falls suddenly upon them. So he makes a lot of observations here that the race is not to the swift. So The idea here is that you could train, you could be the greatest runner and go through all of everything, the discipline that you go through, and yet something happens to you. You get an injury and all of your plans are now scrubbed. The battle is not to the strong. We're told that the horse is prepared for the day of battle, but the deliverance is from the Lord nor riches to understanding men. You can have a lot of understanding about a lot of things and yet There are financial reversals that can happen that you have, you know, no control over. The Great Depression, for example. Time and chance happen to everyone. Now, what appears to be chance from the human perspective is not chance from God's perspective because the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. Things may be unexpected for us, but they don't catch God by surprise. He already knew it would happen. He knows his plans for us, not to harm us, but to give us the future. Well, that's the confidence that we have in Christ when we know God. But man does not know his time. He does not know when he's going to die. We're all going to die. That's absolutely certain. 
And that's why we should always be prepared every single day that if today were the day, we would be ready to meet the Lord. This wisdom I have also seen under the sun, and it seemed great to me. There was a little city with few men in it, and a great king came against it, besieged it, and built great snares around it. Now there was found in it a poor wise man, and he by his wisdom delivered the city, yet no one remembered that same poor man. Then I said, wisdom is better than strength. Nevertheless, the poor man's wisdom is despised, and his words are not heard. Words of the wise spoken quietly should be heard rather than the shouts of a ruler of fools. Wisdom is better than weapons of war, but one sinner destroys much good. And so this story here is a little bit ambiguous. It's either saying that a king came against the little city and this poor man was able to avert that with his wisdom, or it is saying that the poor man had wisdom, but nobody would listen to him. And it seems like it's that latter one because somebody else came along, a ruler of fools who was shouting, and it would seem that the people listened to him because he was more notable than the poor man who was wise. And so they didn't benefit from his wisdom. And, and so he concludes that, look, wisdom is better than strength for sure, but the poor man's wisdom is despised and one sinner destroys much good. There are many good lessons to glean from King Solomon. May the Lord help us to grab onto the things that he wants us to take to heart. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our podcast on iTunes or Spotify. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. Next time, we'll see where Solomon compares the way of the fool with the way of the wise. Life has risks, but wisdom brings success. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Ecclesiastes on Simply the Bible.